The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. everyone to a special episode of all things elite i am your host floyd johnson and with me today for this special episode is mr jesus jr perez how you doing today jr i am doing wonderful it is exactly 7 18 on the west coast we just got done with the First ever edition of AEW Collision. I can't wait to get into it with you. Well, thank y'all, everyone that's listening to All Things Elite, the show that is the proclivity for positivity. Uh, we are here right after, and this is, it's not live because you'll be listening to a recorded, but this is the instant reaction to what we just watched on Collision. Before we get into the instant reaction, which is, like I said, I feel like this is going to be fairly short, but me and JR are kind of long-winded, so we'll see how this goes. Make sure you're downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. Please leave a rating and review. If you're so inclined, you can follow us at ATLE Pod, at Social Suplex, at Austin Sumowitz. That's S Z U M O W I C Z. If you need that last name, or you know, at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. So make sure you're following all our socials to keep up with the latest episodes and what we have going on. Austin is at work tonight, so we are going to cover. Uh, covered this episode, first inaugural episode of AEW Collision. So, um, yeah, he is going to actually send in his thoughts on the Punk segments and the Punk match. It's going to be in in the show. We'll tell you when that gets in. But first of all, you're going to hear from me and JR. And we're going to jump right into it. AEW Collision from the United Center, second coming of CM Punk. They had... The collision and second coming of CM Punk shirts at the uh, at, at the merch sign. Uh, they had the collision set. Let's start there, Jr. What did you think of the new collision set? I, I enjoyed it. You know, ever since uh, AW has done some changes with their graphics and the set design, I think it's taken them to another level. Some people may not think it's a significant thing, but when you think about your presentation on television. And all that encompasses, it's really good to keep things up to date and fresh. I, I'll just say this quickly. I remember like when Impact, when they switched to high definition, how much more prestigious 
the company felt because of their presentation of uh, the design that they made when they switched high definition over you know decade plus ago. So I think it looks great what they what they did with the collision set. Yeah, uh, yeah, it definitely gives like an updated nitro feel. It feels completely different from dynamite, which is good. I actually saw someone, uh, a person that tweets on uh, AEW and uh, things a lot. I, I don't, I'm not going to call out his Twitter because I don't want anybody to think I'm going at him. But he said the point that co- dynamite didn't collision didn't feel like dynamite, and I was like, I was going to say, well, duh, that's the whole point. Like to me. When, you know, you got WWE, it's Raw and SmackDown. It all, like, for a long time, it felt like this is Red Raw, this is Blue Raw. I mean, it felt like you were getting the same show for five hours every week, right? And, you know, with the Bloodline stuff and all of that, it has really kind of separated itself. Raw feels completely different than SmackDown right now. But Collision... Like, it was coming off as a Saturday show. They're going to be using a different roster. They got a whole different announced uh, announce team. Dosh is uh, uh, the in-ring announcer. It looks like they're going completely different. So it should have a different feel. And actually, from a wrestling style point, it felt like different. So, uh, yeah, I was very happy about that. Do you, do you have any thoughts on it feeling different? No, I 100% agree. I mean, in the the best example I can give, is Raw and SmackDown when they first when they did the brand split and going into towards the end of 2002 for a significant while when you saw Raw what they had in their presentation with the stars they had and the difference that SmackDown had with their specific talent it made each show unique it felt like you're watching two different wrestling shows and nowadays with some of the shows whether it's you know with the other company or aw uh dynamite with rampage it feels like you're watching a two-part show one part coming on wednesday and one part coming on friday where today i felt i saw dynamite on wednesday and i saw collision on saturday and they were two different shows with two different experiences exactly i'm glad uh yeah that's that's awesome um i'm pretty much liking the roster of uh collision so far the next thing i would like to talk about is something i uh, i'll get your thoughts first on the entrance music like it's the, fine. the the startup <laughs> music to the show it's fine i mean i i will say i probably would have gone different but at the same time i can't think of different um it's i think there are some pros about it. it's like hey it's saturday night it's fun it's kind of laid back you know it's 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 fine. <laughs> so, uh, I was discussing with a friend of mine from the Social Suplex, Mr. Rich Lotta. I can tell you, I had never heard that song uh, in my life that I can recall. I might have heard it like in the background of a movie or something, but I don't know that song, right? And it's not a song I'm familiar with. It doesn't make me think a young, hip wrestling show is about to come on. It makes me think, I mean, I guess if if you're trying to go for old school wrestling, I guess the old school theme is the way to go. Uh, maybe it's a song that uh, Tony Khan always wanted to use. But, yeah, I, I don't like it. I, I mean, I, again, proclivity of positivity. I'm always going to be positive, but I'm never going to fake it. I, I just, I don't like it. I just, You know what it reminded me of? Yeah, it doesn't make me think a wrestling show is about to come on. 
I, and I'm probably going to get murdered if people hear this, and that's fine. If it re- reminded me for like all those years, Monday Night Football had uh, Hank Williams Jr. All my rowdy friends come over tonight, and I'm just like, just that it's old and it kept being played over and over. And then finally they got updated and it felt a lot significantly better for the newer crowd. And that's where it feels like it just kind of feels anecdotal, you know, uh, and as an antique. And no disrespect to Elton John, he's a hell performer, but it's just with a new crowd, a younger crowd, he probably wanted one with something a little bit more recent. So that's just me, though. Yeah, and the song's like 50 years old. So if you're bopping to that song, you know. You're you're my dad. You know what I mean? My dad was not listening. My dad was not listening to Elton John. Don't don't get me wrong. Or none of the elders in my family were uh or rocking to Elton John. Or if they were, they weren't telling anyone, and they weren't playing that at the barbecue. You know what I mean? So I it, like I said, it's not my cup of tea. If I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter really dug it and really liked it, to them I tip my hat. It's just it doesn't feel like wrestling's about to come on when I hear that music. So, yeah, it's definitely. Hey, if you're going from different from Dynamite, it's definitely different from Dynamite because Dynamite is significantly better. They couldn't get they couldn't get JD uh, uh, to do to whip up something. They couldn't let Swerve handle it. Somebody get somebody on there, make it feel hip, make it feel up to date. Hell, I'd even take. Uh, I'd even take up Brody King's band, give some death metal to bring it in, but something that a music that's looked listened to by people that are less than sixty. But that's just my opinion. I mean, you know me; I don't go negative on AEW. You know that they are. I don't, but I I was like, this music, this music was a choice. All right, so now let's get to the most controversial part of the show, the opening of the show, which is, yeah, yeah, which is, uh, they came from the United Center, the fans started chanting, chanting CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. So I I was there the last time this happened, and it's a beautiful thing because you can't start with anyone but Mr. Phil Brooks, CM Punk, the music hits. He comes out. He's wearing the long boys, and there he, he got a little pink and black hint to him. Uh, he has a bag in one hand, a bag in one hand, which you never really see what's in the bag. He tells you, but you never see what's in the bag. And in the other hand, he has his wrestling boots, and he's he's not he's barefoot. He has his socks on and his kick pads. So I actually. I was like, he's carrying shoes and he's wearing shoes. It took a minute before I saw that he didn't have shoes on. But he comes down, and I remember so many people speculating on this thing called the Twitter. The app that I remind you is not real life. It's a beautiful thing, but it's not real life. All the people's like, yeah, I heard the booze from CM Punk last time. I heard I heard them. They're going to boo. The crowd going to be 50-50, and he's going to get booed in Chicago. Um, no. No, that, 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 oh, okay, okay, maybe I'm biased. I am Team CMFTR, even though, like, there's, you know, I don't have to pick or whatever. But I do love CMFTR, so I'll ask my tag team partner, JR, did you hear a boo for CM Punk? I did not, and And, uh, I will say, you know, 
I'm I like uh I love FTR and I'm okay with Phil. And so but as Floyd will tell you, I don't pick sides, I pick facts. And I didn't hear a single person booing in that crowd. I'm not saying that nobody did. I'm just saying if it did if they did, they were significantly out um uh draw um I'm trying to think of the word, but they were Drowned out by the loud, massive cheers that came that way from that Chicago crowd. Yes, and that's exactly what I experienced. CM Punk come out. He's looking really excited. He's got the shaved head. He's bald. And, he, well, not bald, but he's as bald as JR gets. Now, he's not Dax bald, but he's shaving. And he comes out and he cuts a promo. I was waiting on somebody to like have the highlights of the promo because I remember two specific parts. Um. All right. Uh. Okay. After a few seconds of chance, course of personality, he said he's tired of being nice. He was on the shelf for 10 months with a rush of triceps. I am not going to read all of this, I promise. Uh, Punk talks about as long as he was here, this would be professional wrestling business, not a popularity contest. If you told a young Punk he would sell out buildings all around Chicago, uh, he wouldn't have believed you. And he named all the places. Uh, He said, uh, basically, you love him because he's him. Uh, he had a few, uh, uh, D- David Zasloff, WB executive calls him one bill Phil because he's the one true article in business full of counter, uh, full. Of, he's the one true article in a business full of counterfeit bucks. Oh, that was the, that was the big line. That was the first big line. The one true uh, uh, the one true article in a business full of counterfeit bucks we're gonna stop there jr what did you think because this is really the main event of the show him talking you know uh what i think of the overall promo or up to this point up to this point i mean what a line i mean you you specifically called out the one of the biggest if not the biggest warner brother discovery executives and you gave a zinger that was a direct shot to two of the executive vice presidents of All Elite Wrestling that you are not exactly on good terms with. So yes, I mean, I mean you talk, I mean you talk about coming out firing with like a, a full a full magazine. That's exactly what he did. The guy I follow, Mister Matt Coon. Uh, he's always, uh, he, he's always pretty, he's honest, straightforward on his opinions. He does not hold anything back. And I'm looking for the exact tweet he retweeted and said, uh, he, the exact tweet he retweeted and said, you know, there in this, cause it was basically this, it was a situation with CM Punk. You could dance around it. Dance around the Young Bucks and the Elite, and people will say, okay, Punk doesn't have balls. Or you can go through it, and you can just meet it head on. If I had thought about it for more than 10 seconds and with CM Punk, who CM Punk was, yes, 
he was going to come out and go straight at it. That's the only way he does things. Like, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, like, dance around uh, stuff. He he meets it head on. Uh, and so he came out and he addressed it in his first section of his promo. And I thought it was perfect. I thought it was what everybody wanted. I know there's going to be people. I think this is what it is. It's what everybody wanted. But there are the Young Buck and the Elite fans that are going to have to say they hate it. Because they're on that side. Right? And then there's, of course, the CMFTR people that are going to love it. But everybody wanted it. What do you think when I say that, sir? I don't I don't disagree with you. Um, if you are a CM Punk fan, you loved every single second of his promo. If you are a elite fan, you hated every single second of that promo. But it had to be done because it is what was expected. Because if you come in and say, I'm back, I'm here to do business, and I'm going to take this, I'm going to help build this company to what it's going to become. And even if he's coming straight at MJF, you have just insulted the audience who's been seeing this drama played out for close to 10 months. Yeah. I mean, again, he hasn't said anything. He hasn't really got to say his piece. This is it. And guess what? TK is the one that gave him the mic. You know, somebody might have actually physically gave him the mic, but guess who gave him the time and said, go out there and talk, right? W uh, Warner Brothers Discovery wanted to be in the punk business so much, they're like, hey, let's do a different show. You know, I'm not saying that's exactly what happened because I don't know, but, you know, that's my spin on it. So the next part, Spunk says he'll never compromise and he'll always be himself. There are people who think they are owed an apology and he apologizes. He's sorry that they're softer than the wrestlers that they like. Pump grabs the bag, saying that the last time he was in his ring, he had what's in the bag raised over his head. He said it belongs to him until someone can pin him or submit him. Punk grabs his boots from around his neck and says that there are people who prayed that he would hang them up until someone can feel those boots. They belong on his feet. Punk leaves with the bag in the boots to a massive pop. So I think this, I feel like, that probably either wasn't a real belt in that bag or it just wasn't a belt at all because why, you know, why just keep it in a bag? You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I'll be honest, the, as MJF so eloquently says, the triple B belt that he calls himself, the AEW belt, in my, from my opinion, and I, I think it's honestly probably very easy to say, is probably the biggest wrestling belt currently that I've seen That's as far as the major companies. I actually know of a company, an indie company that has a belt that's way bigger than the AW belt. But as far as size-wise, it's one of the biggest belts from the major companies. And there's no and when you look at that bag and the way that CM Punk's carrying it, there's no way that belt will, would ever fit inside that bag in the way that he was holding that bag. All right. And, okay, and then there was the last line. My line, the line that I would love on the shirt, you are softer than the wrestlers that you support. And wow, I'm talking about Kill Shot, 
sniper rifle straight to the brain, you know, bullseye on the dartboard, the line. Just, to me, that's the point he should have dropped the mic. But uh, he said some more, and then he said he started, he stuck with the line. He said, stop me if I'm telling any lies. Is that what he says? Yes. And, and um, yeah, and that's the, yeah. So what did you think of that line? Was that the line that I thought it was, sir? I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, the, the two lines you came out with is that like one, you know, the the one with about the w, the WBD executive counterfeit bucks, and then this line. And I, I'm not. I don't want to. I'm not going to rehash the discussion you and I, you, I and Austin had going back to last September. I will say though, after you know some recollection and some things that I've dealt with in my professional career recently, um, and just some of the stuff that you've seen between what the way that certain wrestlers conduct themselves. It, you know, and I've seen all the social media. I paid attention to what many people were saying that were elite fans and CM Punk fans. And whether if you set aside your fandom, and I don't know if anybody's ever, you know, if some of these fans have ever worked in a profession that like as a career um, in certain settings, there is always some sort of office conflict, professional conflict that occurs many times. And some people, the way they conduct themselves, and and I don't think people are understanding correctly when they say soft, is that they can't take criticism, they get offended about the criticism, and don't understand how to deal with that criticism. Or it's also the way they conduct themselves where they are not a grown-up to actually have a way to combat like to confront this issue and let things fester for on and on until the point that we got to brawl out back in September of 2022. And so, like I said, if you were a CM Punk fan, you loved every minute of this. If you were an elite fan, you hated every minute of this and you think that he's, you know, a cocky self-centered probably son of a bitch. But at the end of the day, he also is entitled to the way that he feels just like the counterparts of the elite are entitled to the way they feels. I know that I'm mentioning names, but I ended with this. And I told we you and I spoke about this off air. In my opinion, there's only two things that will come from this is that this is either going to show that Tony Khan is going to go down in history as one of the greatest bookers in all professional wrestling because this is an elaborate work that will get us to get these men inside of a ring and draw one of the biggest gates, one of the biggest houses, um, wherever it's done at in, in, in AW history. Or it's going to show that there's a high level of incompetence with Tony Khan and he can't control the children and get them to do business, which is that's would be incredibly sad if that were the case. So I hope that it's the first part. So because if that does happen, it will create must-see television, as you and I have talked about plenty of times since last September to this present day. Dude, um, yeah, I, I talked about it on the previous episode of All Things Elite that 
as much as I've liked the Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite, there's something missing. You know what I mean? The the personal aspect of it is missing. It doesn't feel as hot as it should be. You know? And I think it's because a lot of people, not saying everyone, I hope no one takes this as me saying everyone. If this feels like it should be like CMFTR in this position, you know what I mean? And it's just like, yeah, you're getting it, but it just doesn't have the heat that everything else has. Like I said, all the matches have been amazing. I want to throw that out there. And if that's what you're in there, that's what you care about in wrestling. That's all you care about in wrestling. You have no complaints about this feud. But for me, I like a little emotion. I like a little something, something. And I just don't feel, I feel like it's missing a little something, even though they are putting on amazing matches. So I, I this is the money. CMFTR versus the Elite is the money. I can say it a million times. If they don't want to work together and it never happens, it sucks. It'll be one of those things I wish always. It'll be something we fantasy book for the next 30 years. Like, what if we got this? But you know what? And in, I mean, and honestly, honestly, as as much as an FTR fan I am, as much as an FTR fan I am, I I would have to say in the end we didn't get it because of CM Punk. You know what I mean? Because as much as I want to tell the world that all oh, the bucks are being soft, I can't tell anyone to forgive someone for something that has literally never happened to me. Like if if it went down like everyone's saying. They got professionally embarrassed in front of a national audience. You know what I mean? I don't know if you can forgive that, right? I hope they can forgive it. I hope they've already forgiven it, and they are working towards something right now. But, you know, all all reports, all everything is that's not the case. But, like I said, I want it more than anything. And I do I want to say this about it. It's just... Like, like I said, I care above all else. I care about wrestling. It's like whether it is Collision, whether it is Rampage, whether it's Dynamite, it is one AEW, and it's like the idea that AEW is divided now, right? It kind of sucks, but if it leads to something bigger, then I'm okay with it. You get what I mean? Yeah, and you know what? Um, if there if there's a comparison that it, some wrestling fans may not. Uh, understand this Floyd as you know I'm a combat sports fan and in, as combat sports specifically I'll go with UFC you know it is talked about there's situations where some fighters that fans will talk about have talked about for over a decade fights that have fallen through and say we should have got this fight we should have got this fight we should have got a fight and it shows that and the criticism of their of the UFC president and the promoter Dana White about how couldn't you get these guys inside of the ring to make these big money fights? And I think it's in that same aspect with AEW and Tony Khan. You have people clamoring for this to happen, and as the line says, you know, from MJF going back to the double or nothing post presser, is that. The viewing audience, uh, excuse me, the the audience of social media is about seven percent. But all that from what MJF had said, and that's and that seven percent extremely vocal. Many people want it, but I think there's even a bigger presence as this continues to like go through from the offline audience that they're want they're going to want to see this to happen, and they're going to generate significant dollars, and unlike combat sports 
professional wrestling has extremely less politics. The booker calls the matches and say, this is what we're going to do. And you move on with it. And once they do it, it it's going to generate massive revenues. Like, I, th- th- this is the feud. In, you know, I know we have Grand Slam that happens in, in New York. But this is the type of feud that you could do potentially a baseball stadium type show. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I even said it. You have a... F- with CM, uh, with CMFTR versus the uh, Young Bucks, if you want to uh, versus the Elite, if you want to do it, right? I said you have your whole pay per view cycle. You have four pay per views. One pay per view, you got FTR versus the Bucks, flat out, right? Uh, of well, FTR versus the Bucks, and then you have like CM Punk versus Hangman, right? Next pay per view, you do three on three, right? Next pay per view. The next pay per view, maybe you do this time CM Punk versus Kenny Omega rematch of FTR versus the Bucks, you know, or uh, if you'd want to do some combination of the different tag teams, then you could do like Stadium Stampede or Blood and Guts, and like you add Wardlow, or you can even add Sean Spears as a fourth fourth member of the mix and knock that out. You have a whole year of just building up two big matches. You did it. You literally did it with FTR and the Briscoes. I guarantee you you can do it with FTR, CMFTR, and uh, the Elite. That's what I'm like. You can do a year of pay-per-view cycles if you want to. Again, uh, I, I am driving this into the ground. But like I said, this was the main event of the show. Punk was the main event of the show. I mean, there was a match at the end. Don't get me wrong. It was one of my most anticipated and looked for matches over the net last year. And it, to me, it didn't disappoint. But the main event of the show was the Punk promo, correct? Oh, absolutely. And and the one thing that Tony Khan was extremely smart about is getting that out of the way in the beginning. Because if you did not do that, that would have been a long two hours of CM Punk. CM Punk. Hello there. Uh, this is Austin Sumowitz from All Things Elite. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode, first off. And apologies, I couldn't be there in a live capacity. Um, but I wanted to send this in uh, because I saw AEW Collision and I saw my boy, CM Punk. And I just wanted to comment specifically on the CM Punk stuff because I don't want to take up too much time of the episode. And besides, I'm pretty sure that's a good reason as to... I mean, I think it's the only reason, really, that... People want to hear from me on this uh, episode of All Things Elite for Collision. So, I will start off by just saying, God, that was so much fun. <laughs> oh, it was so entertaining. Oh my God, I felt I felt so good watching it. Um, the promo to start off the show was such fun and really good. Got me so hyped with the way that he blurred the lines a little bit. The shots that he took. And I will say firmly, I didn't know if uh, Chicago was going to be all the way uh, on Punk's side. I didn't know. But man, he got a hero's welcome once he came back for sure. Um, Including the crowd chanting, fuck the elite during it. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, The promo, like I said, was outstanding. The counterfeit Bucks line, so so good. And name dropping David Bixpin, executive from War- Warner Discovery. Or, yeah, it's just, he knows what he's doing. It's again, he said, you can be the heart and soul, I'll be the dollars and cents before he uh, left it back in September. 
he knows he's the dollar and cents because he's literally got executives from the parent company calling him one bill Phil, which I love. Um, the line about how I'm sorry that the only thing softer than you are the wrestlers you like. I knew that was going to bother people, and it did. It did exactly what it was going to. And again, I will say, because people were like, oh, he's not turning heel. Oh, great. He's he's going through, and he's just going to, you know, oh, boy, here we go again with this. He's going to do the babyface run. No one's going to like it. He's going to get booed. What was that whole thing that he said uh, leading up in his feud with uh, MJF? Piper in Portland, Brett in Calgary, CM Punk in Chicago. All three of those guys, well, I, w- I should say, the guys that he mentions, they get cheered in their hometown, but they're heels. Piper is a heel, but he gets cheered in Portland. Bret Hart, famously, was very heelish, and then all of a sudden, when he goes to Calgary, he's a god. And that's the same thing with CM Punk. He is a god when he comes back to Chicago. It won't be the same, I will say, when he goes to other towns, for sure. But, yeah, I'm just saying. Y'all are being like, oh, he's not going to turn heel. Just wait. They weren't going to do it the first night. Not in Chicago. But they are going to do it. And, oh, my, is it going to be just, oh, just fruit for the soul. Um, The match itself, the FTR, uh, CMFTR match against uh, Bullet Club Gold and Samoa Joe. Seeing Joe and Punk stare off against each other just got me so freaking excited. And it was a really good match, I will say. Fortunately, like I said, I predicted Buddy Matthews and Andrade tore the freaking house down. So, I mean, they weren't going to beat that. But you know what? It wasn't designed to. It was just supposed to make me feel happy, which is what the match did. I'm glad to see that Punk was still able to go, even though he had his tricep all taped up. There was a point where it looked like, ooh, that was a tough fall. Um, But he was able to get through it, and um, I think he still looks really good. Um. But yeah, match was great. I uh, loved the CMFTR shirts that they debuted. I just bought them. Um, so I've now got three shirts coming. The CM Punk uh, Larry Piper shirt, uh, that CMFTR shirt, and the FTR Chicago shirt that's exclusive to uh, the Pro Wrestling Tees store and the United Center for that and was also available for uh, 24 hours on shop. Yeah, um, I'm just so happy right now, dude. Like, that's all this was. And also, I got to say, too, shout out to Punk for holding up the support uh, LGBTQ plus sign uh, and was telling about supporting trans kids, uh, gays, lesbians, um, bisexual, like all that kind of stuff. And he talked about especially with trans kids, because, um, you know, I didn't fit in anywhere, but it was because of the way my hair was or the shirts I wore or the music I listened to. You could change those things. I don't know what it would feel like to be trapped in a body that doesn't feel like me. So, and you can't change that. So, yeah, he said, support those people because I found my uh, haven in pro wrestling because there was a lot of weird people like me. Um, so, I, I love that he did that. Um, I love that they pulled the sign out and they held it up in the crowd, in the, in the ring. Um, and this just, again, this has me excited. Collision was a great show. Honestly, it's got me super excited for the future of Collision. Um, and this just makes me so happy. And again, FTR, I mean, uh, Dax Harwood tweeted it out. Watch, watch Collision. Watch Dynamite. Watch AEW. Watch Wrestling. You don't have to pick a side. You don't know these people. You are not friends with these people. You are not previewed to their drama. 
I'm friends with people who have problems with each other. My entire junior year of college, I was in a dorm room, and I lived with three other guys. All three of them hated each other, but they all liked me, and I liked them. So you gotta get, you gotta just deal with it, dude. Like you're you're adults. It's a business, like he said. You gotta just get through it and make amends, and then you make a lot of money when you do CMFTR versus the Elite. It's that simple. But I loved Collision. It was so much fun. The promo, I'm already gonna rewatch like seventy times. Uh, and the match was a lot of fun as well. Thank you for reigniting Joe and uh, CM Punk. Makes me feel really good inside. Um, and shout out FTR. Again, they were, Dax especially was so gassed that this whole thing was happening. I know that he was wor- like hoping that everything could work out and that they'd get in the ring and be able to wrestle again on television. And here we are, you know? It's awesome. So I'm excited to see what the future of Collision holds. The King is back, baby. Just like he said. But that's all I got to say. I will pass it off to Floyd and whoever he has on the show. I hopefully, hopefully hope it's JR. Um, I pass it off to Floyd so he can continue or wrap up this episode of All Things Lead. I'll see you guys later. All right. So let's move on at this point because this is not supposed to be three-hour review of a two-hour show. Um, next match we had, uh, we got a video package for Luchasaurus and MJF. Uh, I mean Luchasaurus versus Warlow, and then we get the match. Luchasaurus versus Warlow for the TNT title. I'm just going to get towards the end. Uh, Warlow pulls the straps down, but Christian distracted him again. Warlow went to hit the 10 punches in the corner, but Luchasaurus escaped and took the referee out. Christian grabbed a camera from the ringside camera and drilled Warlow in the head with it, allowing Luchasaurus to lariat Warlow in the back of the head to win the match and the title. Uh, Christian grabbed the title and celebrated with it as Luchasaurus held him on his shoulders. Uh, Okay. What did you think of the match? We were on the phone. I was watching. I had thoughts during the match. I'm going to share them, but what did you think of the match? It was fine. It yeah. was that. That's it. I I can't say anything else. I have more thoughts about the about the TNT Championship than I do the actual match. All right. So my thoughts on the match: Wardlow and Luchasaurus. It's two very talented, athletic people. Two giants. No one wants to see you doing flying shit. Go watch a match between Minoru Suzuki and Tomohiro Ishii, and do that. Big shots, big shots. Who's tougher? Who's tougher? Maybe go 10 minutes. I don't even know how long the match went, but maybe go 10 minutes and then have the interference and then Luchasaurus wins. I just like, dude, these two big guys fighting should be like the easiest match to put together because when people see two people those size, they just want them to knock the shit out of each other. Am I I wrong, JR? No, you're correct. And I actually, I um, on a quick tangent, I remember Paul White talking about when he was in WCW when he first started, who was significantly bigger than both these men. When even when he first started in WCW, how he used to do, you know, top rope drop kicks, and how he was told, uh, I can't remember who specifically told them to stop doing it because you are a big man. You need to work as a big man throwing, you know, power type maneuvers. 
Because when you finally get knocked off your feet, it's a big deal. So I would like more of that. But as we know, kind of in AW, they do a little bit things differently. And a lot of talent, I think, have more freedom. But I don't think they should be doing those type of maneuvers. And they were kind of put in a shitty spot. Because there was the come down from CM Punk. And it took a good five to six minutes for the fans to get into this match. It was just like... I even pointed out how silent it was at the beginning of the match. It was just like the energy was gone because they were so hyped for CM Punk. And now it's like, oh, it's time for regular wrestling, right? And so I do think they were in a bad spot. But, dude, you know how you can get out of a bad spot? Dude, just knock the shit out of each other. You can do the interference and shit at the ending. But, dude, just make it like, oh, my God, they're hitting each other. And it was like, you know who gave me that feel tonight? Samoa Joe and Dax Harwood when they were knocking the shit out of each other that gave me the feel like okay so you got these two six foot and under men knocking the shit out of each other and it feels more like a big man match than giant ass luchasaurus and giant ass Wardlow so I will say that is my biggest complaint about it two big men Wardlow if you want to wrestle the flying style against Christian fine you want to wrestle the flying style against Scorpio Scott or whoever fine when you're fighting in there especially with somebody get bigger than you just knock the shit out of each other i'm tougher than you you want to see two tough men go at it you can throw the stuff somewhere in there but i don't think we the match was physical enough that's just my opinion in the end or uh luchasaurus is the new champion i pointed out to my friends uh on uh, my social suplex social suplex uh group that luchasaurus has, was a singles champion before Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus is the real pillar in AEW. So, uh, JR, what did you think about the title change? Uh, do you think it was good? I mean, go. It's, the t- in, in my estimation, my honest opinion, and some of this is not their fault, some of it is their fault, is that TNT title has been passed around like a hot potato ever since Sammy Guevara beat Miro for that championship back in 2021. And they need to reestablish the significance of that title by if they do, it's okay if if they do with Luchasaurus, with Christian as his, you know, manager, but he needs to go on a long dominant run to establish that that integrity of that belt and, and him as a big heel because whether it was Guevara or Scorpio or Wardlow that or going back to Samoa Joe and uh, Hobbs is just it's just getting pat it goes back and forth back and forth and it diminishes the significance of that belt and at one point you know for there were certain champions that made that belt feel significant and it was kind of in the beginning was brought up to be I mean I'm not gonna say the same level as a world heavyweight title but it was kind of taken that serious, and now it's just another cha- it's just another trinket, and it shouldn't be that way. So I hope with Christian Cage as the manager, Luchasaurus as a big bad heel, um, they can do that, and then hopefully eventually build up a babyface who could, um, after a period, take that belt off of Luchasaurus after getting that momentum. But and the second part of that is. Man, Wardlow was on a run, and he had been given multiple like uh, detours, 
and this is another one. They gotta reestablish Wardlow because at one point that dude was on his way to becoming a very significant main event player for for AEW, and he just does not feel the same at all anymore. I completely agree with what you just said. I think when they entered, but I do think there was an adjustment when they introduced the international title. I think that became the IC belt in AEW. I think the international title is the second most important title in AEW, and the TNT belt is kind of is like a TV title. And if you remember, the TV title was kind of meant to be passed around. It's like you have this big show, you really didn't. You you have a big show, you want the big moment. You the first match in uh, first match in Collision history on TNT, you get a TNT title change. That makes sense to me. So uh, I definitely, uh, I definitely just like I understand why they're switching it. It is the title I think that's meant to be switched at this point. OC is establishing that the international title is the second belt. So I just think it it was moved down in importance. So I think you are going to see that belt change more. I I think honestly you could see Wardlow win it back in a few weeks. All right, next match. Uh, well. Next up, uh, backstage, Lexi Nair was with Powerhouse Hobbs and QT Marshall. Marshall said that Hobbs was here on Collision as promised and that Hobbs would win the Owen Hart tournament. Hobbs said this new chapter of the Book of Hobbs would be about redemption. Hobbs, I think he's the first person announced for the uh, Owen Hart tournament, correct? I don't remember anybody being announced on Dynamite. Neither, Neither do I. All right, so first off, what do you think Powerhouse Hobbs in the tournament? Uh, we've heard rumors that uh, CM Punk wants Hobbs presented like a big deal. So is this the first step? Is he going to be the eventual winner? What do you think, sir? Well, I, you know, I I actually like the idea. You think of certain tournaments that have done things for stars. You know, I go back to when uh, Bret Hart lost a little bit of his momentum when he lost the WWE Championship, and then he won the King of the Ring in 93. It was kind of a good thing for him. Made uh, 94, King of the Ring made Owen Hart, coincidentally, the Owen Hart tournament, made him a major player, presented him as going into a main event situation, and obviously probably the most famous one, Stone Cold 1996. So with Will Hobbs, he lost some of his momentum by you know losing the belt back to Wardlow, the TNT Championship, Hasn't really done anything since. So if he can go on a run and win that win that Owen Hart tournament, you know, I think that would be able to get his momentum back up, especially going against uh, I would say for to summarize it, um certain high quality babyface talent. Yeah, uh I completely agree. I like when they announced him, I'm like, man, this is the perfect spot for him. Uh, you know, w- with a tournament like this. With it being two shows, you can. I felt like like matches last year during the tournament, and I think I commented it to you on this that I didn't think they were given enough time. They weren't allowed to be these like epic tournament matches. You know what I mean? And it's like the oh, like if you talk about, I remember Dax's match against Cash as being good, and I remember Dax's Cash uh, Dax with Adam Cole as being good. But every other match felt kind of rushed to me. Uh, so I would like to see with two whole shows and I think you saw a little bit on this show with the little longer match types that maybe we get a you know, we get like an all-star cast in this, uh, Owen Hart tournament and they, they get about 20 minutes per match. 
Uh, so I'm looking forward to that, and I, I want to see what Hobbs can say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Do I'm a big fan of Powerhouse Hops. I've been behind them since the first day. Uh, I talk about it all the time about, you know, wrestling being cosmetic. And I always say within a year of you wrestling, I can tell how serious you are about it because I will see either you get significantly better in the ring or you will or your physique will significantly change. Hobbs, rare. Over the last two years, he has gotten significantly better in the ring and his physique has significantly improved. That is, to me, that's the kind of guy I'm going to get behind. All day. Uh, okay, then we run into the next match. Uh, honoring the House of Black, we got Buddy Matthews uh, versus on our returning Andrado El Idolo. I only bring this up because of the end. Andrado, Andrade Del El Idolo is with Charlotte Flair. And Buddy Matthews is with Rhea Ripley. And it kind of played into the end of this match. Because this match was a banger. Uh, I If you are just listening to this show and you haven't watched this match. If I had to say one match from the night to go back and watch. That is of course not CMFTR. Because you know trying to be unbiased. Uh, Andrade El Idolo and Buddy Matthews is the match to go see. What did you think of this match, sir? This uh, this match had no business being this good. When when you think of you think of you know this match being put together, it's kind of before this you know before we get to the end. This was kind of a random match they put together on 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 Dynamite. I mean, excuse me for a Collision. Not that Andrade and and um, and Buddy are not high qual- highly capable, highly talented wrestlers. But just the fact they went in there and stole the show. They went down there, tore down the house. They put out a hell of a match. And uh, and I really thought, I, I really loved the homage to their, you know, special ladies in their life. I thought it was uh, a great uh, a great ending and a very interesting ending post, post-match. Yes, so uh, big thing with Andrade is he came out and he was the face, he was the face in this match, right? And that was kind of crazy because, you know, he usually worked... Uh, he usually is the bad guy in his matches, and um, and we talk about uh, well, El Faction de Agonobolis, which is he was a part of. He started; it was built around him. They weren't with him, so he came out alone. That was uh, that was interesting, and I I had this thought after the match, and I actually saved it. I didn't save it. I didn't say while we we're talking. This felt like NXT Andrade versus. Uh, cru- uh, cruiserweight Buddy Matthews or Buddy Murphy. It felt Absolutely. like it felt like they were both at their best in this match. I don't n- know, like, and they they both killed it. And I, I I really just saw what I loved about both of them in this match. Andrade, I love the he's athletic and he's physical at the same time. He's big. You can tell he's in shape and he is seems like he's at a physical peak right now. And he just went out there and had a banger. And uh Matthews was throwing a snap knee. 
uh, the end of the match. Okay, I don't like. I would have to go watch it again, but it felt like me. Felt to me, it was very similar to how Charlotte and Rhea ended at WrestleMania. What was that? Thirty six. That was the one that was in the performance center, correct? Correct. All right. It felt like it was. If it wasn't the same ending, it was very close. Do you, do you, do you? Uh, I don't know if you like. I said it's been a while since I watched it. I could be completely off, but it felt similar. Did it feel similar to you? I mean, the ending. I mean, they you you he caught him in the figure eight, made him tap. Exactly what uh, Charlotte did to Rio, made her tap at the figure eight, and so. Um, yeah, I could I could see what you're saying. Yeah, I did like I don't I'm like I wonder if it was the exact sequence. I don't know, but I remember her tapping out, and I remember uh, Rhea having her move on Charlotte, and then I remember Charlotte being in that one. But like I said, I haven't watched that match since it happened. I I've never went back and watched it. So me saying, oh, that was the same one was kind of a reaction because it felt very similar. But it might not have been the exact same finish, but it was a great homage to both of their uh, significant others. And it's very rare in wrestling where you see two men giving a shout out to their female significant others. Their female significant others happen to be two of the best women's wrestlers in the world. So that's that uh, that was really epic. Really good. After the match, Andrade wins and he tries to shake Buddy Matthews hands. He knocks it away. I felt like there was a timing issue here. Like, I felt after the first knockaway, that's when the light was supposed to go out. But there was, like, a cue setup issue. So it lingered for, like, 20 more seconds. Do you you remember what I'm talking about? Um, I'm going to be honest, not really. Okay. Well, it felt like it lingered for about 20 more seconds. Then the lights went out after the second attempt at shaking his hand. And in the corner, of course, you got Malachi Black sitting down off camera. So they really do. And then, but you could definitely see uh, Brody King. And of course, they attack uh, Andrade and leave him laying. And I wonder if that's how uh, the faction at Ignobilis gets reintroduced. Do you think so? Well, it's okay. It's. I honestly don't know. Because part of me is like, well, it makes sense because they have Dragon Listo, they have Roosh, and they have Preston. But Andrade is right now coming back. He has this momentum, and he's and Andrade looks like he could potentially be a really good, you know, baby face right now. And Roosh and Preston is the way they've been portrayed is heels, so kind of feels like maybe not. I'm not saying he won't go back. It just kind of doesn't seem right at this current moment. But I have an idea that I was thinking about because somebody said this is going to potentially lead to somebody else coming. And I could be completely off. But next week is Forbidden Door. So Andrade, when he was in CMLL, he was in Los Ingonables, which... Then the New Japan, and what if he, Andrade, has a match where he brings in two individuals from from LIJ, somebody like Shingo Takagi, uh, right now I think in New Japan they have Titan or Titan or how they say it, 
or uh, Bushi, uh, I believe, or him or um, somebody else. Okay, I can't say his name. I see it in my head. I can't say him. him I, who's the junior heavyweight? I can't say his name. Hiromo Takahashi. Thank you so much. So Andrade and two of those members versus the House of Black at Forbidden Door. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. So that's where my mind's going. I can be completely wrong. I feel like the easy answer in the court and to be fair, the, the correct answer should be what you're saying. But just because of Forbidden Door coming up next next weekend, I could see this as a way like they're going to save their their I guess their fellow former brother in who was part of, you know, the 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 CML version, which eventually cre- they created the the LIJ for New Japan. Yeah, it's a better match than, you know, just bringing LaFaction, Ignobilis, go back with the real, uh, the original Ignobilis, De Hapon, and they are faces in Japan. So that would make sense with him coming back face. So there you go. I mean, that works. But great match. Everybody go watch it. Uh, Give them their flowers. Post on them. Do all the good stuff because that was a great match. We then got a video package of a returning, and I have missed this man. Uh, I have brought this up. We get a returning Scorpio Sky uh, that he will be back soon. Scorpio on collision. What do you think, sir? It's been a long time for Scorpio. I know that um, you know. I talked about TNT Championship being passed on a hot potato. Unfortunately, he had been, if I'm not mistaken, and he has been hurt for a while, and then. They, uh, he had recovered, and he just has been sitting on the sidelines. He's somebody that I know when AEW was created, he came in, and we had talked about him potentially going as the future of AEW, potentially going on a singles run, and it just kind of it never really worked until he won the TNT Championship, and then unfortunately it got derailed. You know, it's just... Um, It's just, you know, I, I really wish that, uh, I hope everything works out. I'm hoping he, he's in the tournament it. and gets to put on yeah. some big banger matches. Good old Scorpio yeah. Sky. Uh, you it, know, I'm, yeah, I'm excited for him to come back. Uh, I do have a joke that he turned on the elite and joined Team CMFTR because he's on collision. Just, just a joke, but I thought it was funny because. Because it was kind of led to believe that basically the Bucks guys were going to be on Dynamite and then the CMFTR guys were going to be in Collision. Scorpio, you know, Southern California, you always think of him as a Bucks guy, right? And now he's on Collision. So it's like. I mean, but to be fair, though, we don't exactly know for sure how it's exactly going to work out. No, No, we don't. And that's why I said this is what was rumored. You know what I mean? Yeah. But what it's, were you going to say? It's also, I mean, it's, it's hard too because, you know, and, and we can talk about this at a later date, but, you know, you have something like Scorpio is one of them and and there's a few other guys where they came in, uh, like I think also like, you know, Private Party is another one where it, when AW was created in 2019, it's like, man, these guys could be, you know, the future, go on runs, eventually take over like upper mid-tier or upper main card main event type roles and just just unfortunate circumstances kind of derailed them and then you know then aw grew and grew and brought in newer talent and some younger talent you think of guys that potentially may have taken their spot 
And it's just like, what do you do with them? Especially it's been, you know, four years since, since the company's been created and some, and some of these guys have bigger, there's bigger acts out there that are, are taking them. You know, when Scorpio came in, there was no Will Hobbs. There was no Wardlow. You know, you didn't see Jungle Boy in the way that you see him today. And, you know, it's just, that's, that's a very tough thing that, that they really got to figure out because when you think of the, you know, the, the hardcore, the, the, the dedicated fan base of AW when it was there, when the company was created, they loved those guys like Scorpio Sky and they want to see good things for him. So it's a very interesting balance that they're going to have to work that way out to see, do you put them, try to give them back the opportunity or do you keep moving on to potentially younger guys that are coming that have been, that you brought in along the ways? Tony Khan's a very loyal person, so he's gonna ride Tony. Uh, he's gonna ride Scorpio and lease until his contract is out. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, we get the premier athlete Tony's niece in the ring with Smart Mark Sterling. He's doing this gimmick now where he's a personal trainer and he's calling the audience fat and saying they all need to be in shape. And he's telling people to put the deep dish down. Everybody, uh, everyone knows New York is uh, New York pizza is better. Which I have to say on my own point, I don't even know why they compare the two. Uh, Chicago deep dish is a casserole. <laughs> New York is an actual, you know, like a slice of pizza. I don't, you know, I'm not going to say which one's better because I think they're so entirely different that you can't compare the two. Do you have any thoughts on that as you're a world traveler, JR? There's, I mean, it's like, I, I, I it's, I went to New York and Chicago in the same year and we we're going, we went to Giordano's and had deep dish. And it's like saying, it's like comparing a chicken sandwich to a hamburger. It's, it's like, they may have similar ingredients, but it ain't the same thing, man. Yeah. I like, I mean, I wouldn't like, if I need a quick snack, of course I want New York pizza. You know, if I'm sitting down for a meal, I want it to be Chicago. That's how I see it. But yes, when I'm in the station waiting to catch the train to uh, Newark, damn it, that New York pizza right out of the brick oven, nothing can beat it. But yeah, when I go to Chicago and I want to sit down, I go to Giordano's, you got to wait 30 minutes for them to cook it and they bring it out. And it's like, it's a whole different experience in every way. I don't even see how it's compared. I really don't. I mean, and this is coming from an Oklahoman who we don't have Oklahoma style pizza. Our Oklahoma style pizza is Pizza Hut. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there is no style. I'm just saying, as a completely objective person, that you, it's just weird to compare the two. But again, that's our, that was our pizza talk for the conversation. Uh, the uh, Redeemer Miro came out sporting a little gray, looking completely jacked, like ripped up. Looks like he's in the best shape of his life. Squashes Tony Nese. There's really nothing to talk about. I mean, he, he hits him with the game over. Uh, Tony Nese submits. Any thoughts on this match? Um, I'm just going to say two things. One, I mean, Rusev is strong. Like, when he caught Tony Nese out of midair, <laughs> I mean, he... R Rusev person you spoke of? I, I apologize. The artist formerly known as Rusev Miro, uh, strong as can be. Um, he just like he as he snatched Tony Nese out of, out of thin air. I was just like, geez, like this guy. Yeah, just this, strong as. This is a person that you never have to tell how to work a big man match. Oh no, he wrestles he just, like he's six eight. <laughs> like, I mean, he's he's obviously does, he looks nothing like him, but that he's your Ivan Drago though. 
Like he's just his demeanor, the way he walks, the way he con- you know he conducts himself, and it's just that that's your Ivan Drago. Like he's just I, I love Miro, and so um, and then the, the second thing is just the crowd. I mean, is behind them. I think they want they want big things from Miro, and and I hope they get big things from Miro because I I think he's it's interesting because I love him as I love him as a heel. But man, like he was, you know, we talked about in previous episodes of, of All Things Elite, like when he was at his peak, one of the highest selling merch movers as, as as his previous persona. So like people do like him and want to see things good for him to, to, to come out. Yes, Rusev Day. It's Rusev Day. Uh, that is a monster. That's a bear. Nigel said it was funny. It was a quick match. Then we get... New Japan Strong Women's Champion Willow Nightingale versus Hometown and and no and with Hometown Girl not versus with Hometown Girl Sky Blue again this is why Austin does this he is much better at this than me and then they're against the Outcast Ruby Soho and AEW Women's World Champion Tony Storm so uh, before we get started the match I think Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue are about to be kind of a thing as far as tagging up. Because they had matching gear. And one thing I know is gear is not cheap. They, this is from my wrestling friends. They tell me this all the time. What did you think? Did you like the gear? Like oh, the gear? I did. I, I mean, I, I love when tag teams, you know, wear matching gear. I, I think it just it, it creates a, a better presentation for them. Uh, I think it's part of this this thing where I like to, you know, make the outsiders versus the originals. The And so... When we say the originals, we're talking about people, uh, the females who've been brought up and made a name for themselves in the AEW specifically, like, you know, not that Willow didn't have a name in the indies, but, you know, I have the main stage, Willow, Sky Blue, Bert Baker, Hater, um, you know, to, you know, to speak. So um, this has been going on for a while, as, as we've all seen. So it's going to be interesting, you know, for me looking at where does continue to go through the summer and, and, um, this is just another, you know, step in that direction towards, I think, potentially a big, you know, faction type match. All right. Um, so the match went. This is the end. Ruby held Sky while Tony was about to spray paint Sky in the face. Willow grabbed Tony and Tony inadvertently sprayed Ruby in the eyes, blinding her. Sky hit the code blue on Ruby Soho and pinned her. Uh, yeah. So Ruby Soho gets the pin. I mean, now, excuse me, Ruby Soho gets pinned by Sky Blue. The home girl t- get, hometown girl gets the win. Uh, what did, uh, did you have any other thoughts on the match? Uh, they needed, they needed a win. You know, the, the outcasts have been getting the best of a lot of the, the homegrowns for, you know, for a while. And sometimes, you know, you got to get eventually that, you know, the, the, the underdog got to get a win in this, in these, you know, has to win a battle throughout the war. So, uh, it was good to see them get a W. And what did you think of No Thunder Rosa? Because a lot of people was expecting Thunder Rosa to make some type of appearance here, oh. get something. What did you think of not having Thunder Rosa? So I know I know that she's been injured, and um, I know she's ho- coming that soon. They're hoping she's coming back. It's a very hard thing because we we've seen that there's the supposed the beef that's been playing we all access and. She's supposedly being brought back for AEW Collision, 
But she has to be part of this in some way. I mean, people are going to want to see her get her. You know, and I've been saying it. I think she's going to turn heel and join the ass as she was made a name. You know, obviously she's made a bigger name in AEW, but she was no slouch outside of AEW, being the NWA Women's Champion. So I think it just kind of, you know, helps uh, evolve this, this faction feud. And so I think you got to wait, though, if that's going to happen, that's the direction they're going. Brett has to be on the show for that to happen. Correct. And, um, and, and and I will say one thing. We got a lot. We're I mean, we're almost towards the end. We got a lot this week. And I mean, from, you know, between Andrade and, Mir- and Miro and CM Punk. So, you know, and then obviously with the title change. So it's, it's kind of good that, you know, what do we look forward to next time? So for me, I'm like, well, next week, I, I hope to see Thunder Rosa next week come out. Yeah. And that's what I'm like. You don't want to, you know, Blow your wad. You don't want to throw all the aid, all the debuts out in one night. Maybe you know you still you built up Scorpio Sky. You still have Thunder Rosa in there. You don't know who all's going to be in the Owen tournament. You have a lot of things that you can still roll out. And I'm looking forward to what they do next week in Toronto. I'm hoping this helps move some tickets because this was a really good show and it definitely felt different than Dynamite. So. And it will be the true go-home show for Forbidden Door. So I know a lot of matches we announced for Forbidden Door, but it will be the true go-home show for Forbidden Door. Um, all right. What is next? Absolute Ricky Starks declared himself an entrant into the Owen Hart Cup tournament. I'm going to become the next winner. What place, better place to do it than in Canada? This tournament is absolutely meant for me. What do you think about Ricky Starks being in the Owen it's another, it, you know, the one thing that AEW is not short on is talent. You know, between, you know, we just said Sky, Hobbs, and now Ricky Starks. Like, and and he was somebody, you think about what he did with Jericho in, in the beginning of the year, then going with Jay White and, uh, and Juice. It's like, it kind of is like he's been with names and he's gotten wins. And it just kind of seems like he just does have momentum. So I just, and he's held t- so talented. I mean, he has a way with words on the mic that you just it makes you want to listen. So, I mean, yeah, he's another guy I hope big things for. And and if he gets the win in the Owen, it's like it's gonna be big for him too. So immediately, what I thought, man, uh, first round, let's do let's do uh, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks. I don't want it to be the finals. I want it to be the first match. Uh, if you will follow the New Japan Cup, sometimes they just throw in a bang. They, they I mean, not even sometimes they throw them in a banger in the first round for like absolutely no reason. I'm thinking Ricky Starks and uh, Will Hobbs can be that, just kill each other in the first round, and then you decide who's gonna win. Or if they, it ended up being the finals, I wouldn't be mad because there would be a history with the finals. But let's see who all else is in the tournament, and yeah, and see where to go from there before I. Start making predictions. You know, you want to know who's all in the tournament. Jeff Jarrett package uh, aired. I only had one complaint about this package. He says, Mark, I play the long game, and the last outlaw never loses the long game. Uh, I, Mark, I'm kicking your ass. There was one thing missing. One thing missing. Mark, I'm kicking your ass, slap nuts. Come on, man. Where was slap nuts? Where was Slap Nuts, JR? 
you know, with somebody that basically made a career on a, you know, saying listen up slap nuts, and I actually have an autograph that says that from Jeff Jarrett, who I, I really do have a soft spot in my heart for him. Yeah, it's, it's very disappointing when he doesn't say it. Yeah, I mean, you're on the first, you know, Saturday Night Wrestling show on W Turner in like forever, as far as a you know weekly wrestling show on Saturday nights. You got to bring back the listen up slap nuts, but it's uh, it's Mark Briscoe versus. Uh, 46 years to the day that the last Outlaws family created the first ever concession stand brawl in Tupelo. Understand Tony Khan is very much a student of history. Uh, they're going to do a concession stand brawl in Chicago. I know this irks you, JR, because they were in Tupelo, Mississippi and didn't do a concession brawl. But can you forgive them because it's the anniversary of the Tupelo concession brawl? I will because originally I was like, I think FTR should do it because just because anything has to do with nostalgia, I'm like, FTR has to do it because, you know, of who they are. But, I mean, you got Jeff Jarrett, who his father was the booker at the time in for Memphis Wrestling. And for those of you who haven't seen it, if you go on YouTube, you can um, you can see it. Last Wrestle was like, ladies and gentlemen, we out of time. Hey, and then the goat kind of cuts out. He goes, "Hey, we need a camera down there. They got a hell of a fight." And it's uh, uh, the I think they're blonde bombers who named Larry Latham and Wayne Ferris. Wayne, um, I think it's Wayne Ferris who went on to become Honky Tonk Man versus um, uh, Bill Dundee and Jerry Lawler, and they just beat the shit out of each other at that, in that concession stand. And I think they caused uh, you know some some uh, some very significant financial damages for that time, especially, and so. To see Jer- you know, Jeff Jeff Jarrett, the son of the legendary, like great Jerry Jarrett, going to be in that match against one of the craziest human wrestlers that you and I have ever seen and met, uh, Br- Briscoe. Like, yeah, I think they're going to they're going to tear some stuff down, a lot of stuff, and probably you know they're going to the arena is going to send a nice little bill to uh, Tony Khan come Wednesday night. They're going to kill it. Watch out for the dip and dock truck. Uh, if you're out getting a pretzel, you might catch a clothesline. Uh, let's go. Let's go. I'm, I'm excited for it. Let's do this. Uh, I'm like, Briscoe's in... Uh, Briscoe's... Uh, uh, Briscoe's in these type of matches. You know, Mark, Jay, whenever. They're great in these matches, so I, it's going to kill. It's going to be a great match. Uh, someone typed something to me, so I got distracted for a second. This is why you don't keep up Messenger while you're doing a show. That's just stupid. Because, you know, you feel the need to answer. The next is the acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. Max came out and rapped, and he says, he, what did they say about the documents and Donald Trump? He said, um... We have, I think they said to the fact that we have more fans than um, hidden documents by Trump or something to that effect. Okay, yeah, it was a wrap. It happened. Wish Daddy ass happy Father's Day. Chicago loves the claim. Scissor, scissor, scissor. Um, AEW now stands for Elite Every Wednesday and now Elite Every Weekend. Uh, everybody loves the claim. Like literally, I I under I don't understand this segment. <laughs> I, it was like, <laughs> like I love the claim. I love Max Caster's rap, but literally nothing happened in this segment. 
am I correct? Or... Oh, absolutely not. I, I don't. I really. Like, hey, it's the claim. I love them. Let's yeah, they on. didn't challenge anybody. They didn't. They said they're going to still go after the six man titles. It was just like no one interrupted them. I'm just like, I really. Did. I mean, it felt like it was like go out there and waste ten minutes. You know, that's what it felt like. I like I enjoyed it in general, but it was just like you kept. Were you waiting for something to happen? Absolutely. I was I mean, waiting I was, on something to happen. <laughs> that whole thing. And you know what? And this is this is one of the things that this is one of the things that. Uh, the AW needs to do a better job of this, and I, and Hobbs, Wardlow, and Acclaim are three perfect stories about this. The come up to a title is great. Sometimes the title reign is good or great. The coming down is bad, and with and we found out that they were one of the highest merch sellers as the come up through the title reign, and since they lost it to the Guns, they've been on the way down. And they've lost momentum. They got to find a way to keep it because there is, in my opinion, there's no question. FTR is number one, but the the claim is number two, and they need to be in a better position than they are currently. Yeah, I I completely agree. It, like I said, it's just like I like them. They're they're entertaining. It seemed to wake the kind of kind of wake the crowd up. Uh, I do I can say that, and then. It all led to the main event, or the last match on the card. I always said that CM Punk promo was the main event. Trios main event, CM Punk and FTR, a.k.a. CMFTR. Uh, make sure you go. They put out a second CMFTR shirt on at Shop AEW, which I will be purchasing, of course. Uh, they put out a second uh, CMFTR shirt this, today, and then they got your Larry Ringer shirt. So make sure you get all of your CMFTR apparel this week. Yes, that was an advertisement, because, and yeah, I don't care, because I love them. Uh, they were going against the Bullet Club Gold, Jay White and Juice Robinson, and Samoa Joe. And I I will say this, love the gear, the... Uh, the uh, CMFTR little hooded jackets. I want one. Uh, they were all wearing pink and black, straight for uh, for Bret Hart. They had uh, the arm cross symbol, and it looks like it was like, was it rainbow? That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, it was. You know, it. it I think it was. It was a little bit hard because it looked a little bit like fluorescent, so it may have been. Uh, yeah. It definitely wasn't just pink uh, no. compared to the new shirt that they dropped. No, I'm going to the site right now. No, yeah, it's yeah. The new shirt was just pink. It's pink arm wraps, and, and it's pink, pink and black. Uh, it was CMFTR. Uh, it's a it's it's a nice shirt, but I, I like on the tights. It looked almost like it was a rainbow or fluorescent kind of color. Maybe my eyes are just playing tricks on me, but it looked amazing. Uh, yeah, they looked good. Samoa Joe came out. Samoa Joe, toughest looking son of a bitch in the world. And they had a wrestling match. They had a really, really good wrestling match. And I'm like, I could, you know, go spot for spot. But the things that people were talking about, there's this point where Samoa Joe was literally just chopping the shit out of CM Punk. And everybody's like, oh, those chops look like they're really hard. And and that's at the point in time where I can say, people see what they want to see. Have you ever known Samoa Joe to chop soft, JR? Absolutely not. Because <laughs> I tell you this, if I did, I wouldn't be a fast Moa Joe because of the way he, 
he was if I'm not I mean let's the first time he stepped into a ring with Kurt Angle his head got busted open because of the way that they introduced themselves to each other I mean that's just he's a, they're both like he's a hard hitter guy like nothing's gonna be safe with them yeah I mean, well, I'm sorry. I don't mean like say like he's reckless. I'm just saying like you're gonna know when you wrestle Samoa Joe, you know you're gonna wrestle Samoa Joe at, and yeah, at the end and, of this. And the last time I checked, CM Punk and Samoa Joe have wrestled a few times against each other. Yeah. A few times, yeah. like once yeah. Or if twice. I'm not mistaken, they've had like mm. they've you know some like, barn burners back. Yeah, in the like day. the biggest banger matches ever. So if you think that it's kind of funny that it's this whole idea that CM Punk is afraid to get hit which is hilarious to me I again he's a grown ass man that went into MMA and the last time I checked in MMA you're pretty sure you're going to get hit you know what I mean so I don't know I don't have to defend the man I just think the actual uh, I think the actual like charge that this man is somehow afraid of getting hit is like so dumb that I I address it. You know what I mean? I'm not like I'm not fighting. I'm not fighting for CM Punk. I'm not gonna jump in and fight somebody for CM Punk and get my dukes up, dude. Whatever. He's a grown ass man. But it just seems like the idea that this man is who has worked with Brock Lesnar, who has worked with people that literally like are known for wrestling a little snug, and you know it's fine. Is like it it wasn't. The shot. It was who was delivering it. He doesn't like the person that was delivering it. So he took umbrage with it. I don't understand how that's so hard to understand or why people are just no, and willingly you know Actually, not I do understanding. Want to say this. I, I do want to say this thing because you and I talked about it off air. People are like, he's... I, I And you, you, everybody knows I love Hangman Page. I love my fellow cowboy. Like, it's... I do. He's my favorite guy. Like, I... Floyd will tell you the story how fucking mad I was year two years ago when the the Dark Order and Hangman lost that five on five match that cost that cost them the match I thought that we're gonna go to that when we were going to all out that we were gonna see. So Floyd knows how much I love Hangman. But CM Punk is not scared of Hangman. When people talk about I had to protect myself, is that when you get into a wrestling ring and you are doing a work. And you are giving up your body to somebody like what the term is called feeding. If I'm not mistaken, I'm going to feed my body to you for you to do something. And if somebody, as the term liberties, takes liberties of that and and hits you with a live round or potato, then it becomes like I'm going to protect myself from further damage to make sure that you don't physically hurt me in a way. It's not that I got to protect myself because I think you're going to kill me. Like and I've had this happen in an actual real life situation where I had a person who was unstable, follow me and my wife um, around a movie theater where I felt I had to, I was literally pumping myself up because I felt like I was going to had to protect my wife and I from this person. And when I say protect, I legitimately mean I was going to put this guy into the ground and not let him be able to come back up. Not that I was afraid he was going to hurt me. I was going to protect us, and I was going to hurt him bad. That's what that means. I know y'all are fans of the elites. I get it. 
but it's not that's not what it fucking means okay get off your fucking high your high horse yeah it, 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 it's one of those funny things they they had some shots we had some uh hot tags from cash and dax i love that uh they did a double suplex well the suplex lift and cash did the power slam off the second rope uh we got a little uh we got uh a take on the powerplex as in what was it dax tagged cash cash jumped in the ring then tagged punk cash jumped on the second ropes dax uh was on the top he does the superplex cash hits the splash and then punk comes off the elbow i thought that was a pretty cool uh cool uh thing there um Jay White and CM Punk, the time I saw them in the ring together, they it looked very fluid, like they worked really well together. I like that. Uh, Samoa Joe looked like his normal badass self. Juice is a very good professional wrestler. He is a competent, very good professional wrestler. I thought this match was a professional wrestling match. You know, it wasn't like very old school as in, you know, uh, what they did and how they did it. was the That logic was very old school. Uh, in the end, and I said this on the All Things Elite, I said I'll be disappointed if it's just Juice getting uh, Juice getting to uh, go to sleep into the uh, Shatter Machine, and then that's just how the show goes off the air. Well, I was a little wrong. It was the Shatter Machine and then the go to sleep. CM Punk getting the pin on Juice, and it just kind of going off the air. So, I mean, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, this was the most of it. I, I thought, again, you're asking people to stay home on Saturday nights to watch wrestling, right? You're asking people that normally go out to the movies, they normally go out to uh, watch uh, UFC, which JR does, uh, go have wings, go have dinners, all this stuff. You're basically saying, stay home an extra two hours and watch wrestling. You had a reason to tune in this week, and that was CM Punk. I don't feel like this the ending of the show left you with a reason to tune in next week. Your thoughts, JR. Um, I completely understand what you're saying. Um it's a given it's a give and take. You know, I remember there were times like in WCW where every week was like, uh, we're out of time and some crazy smart, you know, crazy Donnie Brook melee was going on. And um I think there is a time and place for that. I think sometimes you can do it. You could overdo it. So I think by doing the first show um, and the people had on it and who could we expect next week will, I think, get people to tune in. But you, I think also you have to deliver these type of performance week in and week out on Saturdays. If you're going to have a show on a Saturday and as you – you just mentioned UFC. In fact, I'm actually uh, as we're discussing this, the UFC is currently ongoing right now. Uh, as we're as we're talking, so if, if you're on, the, um, I have East Coast feed, so that's why I saw Collision earlier. If you don't, you only have West Coast. You're watching UFC at the same time as Collision, but and sometimes UFC comes on a lot earlier. When you have UFC and you have boxing and UFC, there's college, gonna be a show. College football coming up. Well, I was gonna say that was, I was leading into that UFC. There's a UFC fight every single Saturday between now for the next four months, which will then take you into college football. Which, you, as you are a big college football fan, and I love college football, college football is very big on Saturdays. Um, and then there are other things that go up: Major League Baseball, 
NBA on top of that when the NBA season comes around. You have a lot of competitions on Saturdays, and that's on top of people living their lives and going, doing whatever it is, birthdays, parties, and whatever. It's going to be very difficult, and you have to give, as you mentioned, people reasons to watch. Is DVR going to be a important part? Absolutely. People are going to have to DVR it and watch the next day, but you're going to have to give them reasons to tune in. Um, I think this is a great start. It, and and you know that could have been better. Yeah, sure. Why? Every, there's no such thing as a perfect show. Every show could be better. Any you know, but I think they did great. Uh, it's definitely. I think that the next testament is going to be next Saturday when you're not in Chicago and what you're delivering. I do think though the one thing AW needs to do on first Saturdays. I think it's different with Dynamite because it's on Wednesdays. You need to tell people where they're going to watch on Collision on Collision for next week. So they talked about, you know, they do this often on Dynamite. They talk about Rampage, and then Rampage, they'll talk about uh, Dynamite. And then now with Collision, they showed what they're going to do for Dynamite. But I do think you're going to have to have show on both when's Dynamite, what's going on Collision for next week. I think also on Collision, what do people can expect um, for a collision the following week as well. I mean, because you're going to have to do, I think, a harder job selling it because of the fact is it is Saturday on prime time where people do have lives and are going to do other things potentially. Yeah, I think you need your Saturday card by Thursday because, again, you just said it. People make plans for Saturday. They make plans early in the week for Saturday. If you're you're going to have to give them a reason to stay home. And I know if you got your anniversary or any like important days, you're going to go do the thing and then watch uh, watch it. But for the people that are like, there is a choice whether they stay in or not, you have to give them something to grab onto. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, I don't want to be getting collision stuff on Rampage. That's too late. That's too late. I'm 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 making my plan. I've made my plans by then. I need you to start have it out there by t- Tuesday, Wednesday, as early as possible. Give us a match announcement so we can get uh, so people can make their plans. And again, I'm making sure I understand. I am talking for normal people. I am not talking for me. Seven o'clock, seven o'clock on Saturdays. Seven to nine o'clock on Saturdays, except when they go up against Florida State football. What will I be doing, Jr. Watching collision. Is there any question in your mind if I'm going to be watching Collision? No. No, there's no question in TK's mind. Uh, people that track what I watch on TV, there's no question in their mind. So I'm not talking about me. This is not for me. This is for the people that are normal and, you know, decide whether they're going to watch wrestling or go out or whatever. They're going to decide they want to do. And, you know, they might decide to lie and say they can stay home, tell their wife they're sick, or whatever they want to do. But you got to give them a little heads up if they're going to do it. So I just think they need to get those matches out as soon as possible. And if Collision and Dynamite are really working kind of separately, there shouldn't be any problem getting the match announcements out because they really shouldn't, you know, affect each other's show. And on top of that, um, the reason I mentioned about television and doing it is you can't even necessarily just do it on social media. We just talked about social media is just a small part of the overall audience. If you want Collision to have, you know, and, and at the end of the day, we don't know what TN, the TNT execs or Tony Khan, what are their ideas of respectable ratings? I've seen some ratings in the past for, you know, UFC and boxing anywhere from 750,000 to a million. 
I, I don't know. I mean, that was before COVID. Obviously, as you and I know, things changed since then between cord cutting. Um, both of us stream all of our stuff. And, um, and then obviously, you're on top of that. But if you want people to Saturday nights, typically when you think of fights, you know, fans, especially male fans, they will plan around that. Hey, let's get together and watch this. Something's going to happen. So if you want that type of, uh, of something like that to happen, you have to let people know ahead of time. And showing that on television multiple times is a big part of that. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with you. It's just, I mean, it, it's we got a shot here. And I'm rooting for collision. I'm just like I root for dynamite. I say this two words all the time. Stay vigilant. If you're, you consider yourself a hardcore AEW fan, uh, it doesn't matter if you're on the left side or the right side, or if you're up or down, you should be watching both shows. That's how I see it. If you consider a hardcore AEW fan, again, I'm not just talking about the regular people. If you're an elite guy, you're like, oh God, I hate CM Punk for everything he says. Cool. I, I get it. I, I can't tell you how to feel. I don't, I don't want you to feel that way but i can't tell you how to feel and if you are a cmr ftr guy and you're like fuck the elite which again i can't tell you how to feel i'd rather you not be that way but still watch both shows support all the wrestlers because there are other wrestlers other than cm punk and ftr on collision there are other wrestlers other than the elite on dynamite there's you know moxley danielson on the other channel will hobbs ricky stark if you're not supporting, if you don't want to support the others, support them. Support your other favorites. Support the AEW originals, to all the people that have been there, the people that have made their uh, way in the AEW. Just keep supporting the product. That's how I think. So, uh, and you got to think about it. There's the announcers, the ring guys, all these other people drawing a check for working on Saturday. Support them too. Support everybody. But that's it for, it, it went longer than we wanted, but it didn't go as long as I thought it could. So that is it for our review. We're not really previewing Dynamite. I really just wanted to get in, get this uh, this uh, instant reaction out. I'm actually going to watch the show again tomorrow because just, you know, for, for uh, the few things I missed. Uh, JR, do you have any socials or anything you want people to follow on or any um, final thoughts? Oh, just quick shout out to uh, Kevin Kelly and Agile Beginners on commentary. I thought they did a phenomenal I job. I forgot to talk about them explicitly. A shout out to Kevin Kelly, Go Knowles, baby, and uh, Nigel McGinnis. I, I, I love him. I, uh, you know, I wasn't even planning to meet him at uh, WrestleCon. And you know, I stopped and made a point to meet him because I've always appreciated his talents as a color guy. I, I think he brings uh, just you know, the pure wrestling side to the color game. So, yeah, I, I, I apologize for overlooking you too because I thought you were amazing and I thought that was the key to making it feel different. I thought that it was the key. Kevin Kelly and Nigel have a vastly different style than Excalibur, Tony, Shivani, and uh, uh, Excalibur, Tony, Shivani, and who am I missing? Why is Robert Taz? I mean, so... It, it feels different in that way. It starts with them, the uh, man behind the mics. I appreciate all of them. So, uh, did you have any final thoughts about the show, sir? Uh, no. Okay. 
Thank you, JR, for joining me tonight. Uh, like I said, we're going to throw Austin's uh, recording in a, in a little break somewhere in the show so you can hear what he thinks about the CM Punk situation. Have a have a feeling, a feeling in my gut. It's going to be strongly pro-punk, just like my, uh, 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 my takes were. But uh, you all have everyone. I uh, want to wish everyone uh, that happy Father's Day. Whether you're celebrating being uh, a, a regular dad, stepdad, dog dad, every other kind of dad, you know, uh, enjoy your day. Uh, hopefully you don't have to do anything because the biggest crock in the world is that dads have to cook on their uh, on Father's Day. So hopefully you can sit down and relax and do nothing all day. I doubt that that happens, but I'm hoping that for you and I will leave you how I always leave you. Whether it's home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 